C.S. Lewis said, and it's a quote we've repeated here a number of times, and you've heard it, said, It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures, fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on playing and making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by an offer of a holiday at the sea. We, too, are far too easily pleased. Notice what he said. We are far too easily pleased. And I think the psalmist is, is bringing that out here. He, he wants us to know the fullness of joy and the eternal pleasures that are at God's right hand. And we are far too easily pleased. We'll, we'll sell a, a gem for far less than it's worth, so to speak. But I think in part we, we fail to understand what real living and real joy and real pleasure is. I know I've shared this illustration before, but many years ago, a, a very well-to-do man died and he had a, a Rolls Royce. And in his will, he said, I want to be buried in my Rolls Royce. And so he died. And they made arrangements, and they dug a huge hole, and, and as his friends and family were standing around and saw him being lowered in his Rolls Royce into the ground, one of his buddies said, man, that's living. And in understanding the reality of that, we have these misplaced values and what we think is, wow, that is really living, is really not living at all. And God says, no, you are missing out on the greatest treasure. And in this psalm, David made the Lord his supreme treasure. But I think sometimes we struggle with that, with this aspect that... Um, what are the pleasures God has in store for me? Do they match up with my pleasures? In his presence, his fullness of joy, at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. You know, most of us don't think sitting on a chair in heaven and strumming a harp, that isn't what we think of as pleasures. Most of us, have a hard time comprehending in heaven. Good night. What are we going to do? You know, and, and we're already making plans. You know, we'll, we'll see a hunting buddy up there and we'll say, Hey, I found some bucks back over here. Hey, I found a place I can stream a game. It ain't going to be anything like that. Not once in heaven will we ever miss anything from this earth it will be so far and so 
much greater than anything we can imagine in this life, that we won't ever long, we won't, you know, we're not going to be telling stories about this life. Because we'll come to find out what is the real treasure. And in this psalm, David begins, and he says, Preserve me, O God. And and what he's saying in this is he's saying, God, I want you to not only keep me from death, but what he's really saying is, don't let me be lost in death. Don't let me be shaken from the realm of the living. Keep my body and my soul forever. You know, God is the author of life. Whether it's a a new baby boy, as the Sprague's were blessed with this morning, or eternal life, God is the author of life, and God loves life. And David is saying, God, I want you to preserve my life. I want, I love life. I enjoy life, and I want to enjoy, I want you to preserve me, my body, and my soul forever. And so he says, preserve me, O God, for in you I put my trust. What are you trusting for life? You know, that's an odd way to ask it, but we all desire life, and we want to make it abundant, and we want to make our life full, and so we make choices. I'm going to do this, and, and I'm, I'm hoping this will, will satisfy, this will fulfill me, this will be... We, we just sang the song, um, Speak, Lord, for Thy Servant Hears, and in it, it said, um, I don't ask for riches, I don't ask for fame, I don't ask for honor to be heaped upon my name. I only ask thy presence. And as we were singing that, I thought, that's just a modern day person's way of saying what David said in Psalm 16. He's saying, God, I want you to give me life, and I'm looking to you. I'm looking, I'm trusting in you. I'm not asking for fame. I'm not asking for riches. I'm, I'm not asking for um, all these material things. I am trusting you for life. Really, what is it you're looking to for fulfillment? We can look to possessions, cars, trucks, houses, collections. We can look to um, lands. We can look to money. We can look to career. We can look to family. We can look to friends. But David is saying, no, 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 you're setting your sights way, way, way too low. All of those things will be taken away. All of those things will be gone. But in you I put my trust, O Lord. And David is saying, God, preserve me. I want you to give me life and preserve me. For in you I put my trust. And then David goes on and he shows how he has made God 
his supreme treasure. Number one in verse one, you are my refuge. In you I put my trust. You are my refuge and my savior. In verse two, he says, O my soul, thou hast said unto the Lord, you are my God. My goodness is nothing apart from you is really the best translation of that. He is saying, I look to you not only as my refuge, not only as the Savior, the one that lifts me up out of my sins, forgives my sins, but he says, I look to you as my master and the source of good in my life. He said, Lord, there is nothing good in me apart from you. Do we really believe that? If we really believe that, we'd have a much, we wouldn't, we wouldn't struggle with pride. We'd understand, I know what I am, and anything good is God. Oh, my soul, you have put your trust in the Lord. As for the Lord, he is all my goodness. Verse 3. But to the saints that are in the earth, they are the excellent one in whom is all my delight. He says, because I have made God my treasure. And and all of this, he's thinking on God. God, you are my refuge. You are my savior. I'm trusting in you for protection. I'm trusting in you for salvation. You are my master. You are my Lord. You are the source of my good. And you are the basis of my fellowship. The saints that are in the earth, they are my delight. I enjoy people that have the same treasure as I have the treasure of you, Lord. That's where I really get delight. You know, simple. Birds of a feather flock together. When we treasure God, we treasure those that treasure God. And this is what the psalmist is saying here. He goes on in verse 4, and he says, Their sorrows shall be multiplied that hasten after another God. Their drink offerings of blood I will not offer, nor take up their names in my lips. He said, God, you are the exclusive object of my worship. Those that hasten after another God, I am not going there. You are exclusively the object of my worship. Last week, we talked about characteristics of those that worship God. What is it you worship? What is it you think about? The psalmist said here, God is the exclusive object of my worship. And then verse 5 and 6, The Lord is the portion of my inheritance and my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. The lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. Notice, what is your inheritance? Oh, man. Boy, mom and dad, they really did well, and there's only two of us kids, and and there's going to be quite a bit left to us. Oh, no, no, no. That isn't what David's talking about. He said, the Lord is my inheritance. Why do you go after these weak Simple pleasures, that that's what you delight in and that's what you look forward to. He says, no, 
in the Lord as my present and eternal inheritance. Presently, I have the Lord, and eternally, I have the Lord. And the message of this psalm is, when we make the Lord our supreme treasure, we will be satisfied with pleasures now and forever in Him. That's the message that he's giving. And he begins by saying, God, preserve me. And he goes through the first then six verses, and he's reminding himself of what God is to him. And as he turns his attention and thinks to God, then he says in verse 7, I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the night season. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. So here's David starting out. Oh, God, preserve me. Don't let death rob me. I want life now, the fullness of life now, and eternal life. Oh, God, preserve me. And then he starts thinking, God, you are my refuge. You are my Savior. God, you are the basis of of the friendships and priorities in my life. You are all source of good in my life. You are the object of my worship. And you give me present inheritance now and eternally. And as he thinks on all these things, then he comes and he concludes and he says... Because the Lord is with me, I shall not be moved. He goes from crying out to God for help to a blessed confidence in God that he says, Whoa, I already have God, and I shall not be moved. I have an inheritance presently, and I have an inheritance that will last forever, and I shall not be moved. And he goes on and he says, When the Lord is our supreme treasure... We will be satisfied with present and eternal pleasures in him. And he lists, and we'll list four of them here. When the Lord is our supreme treasure, we will be satisfied with, number one, in verse seven, we'll enjoy his counsel and instruction. I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel My reins also instruct me in the night season. When God sees that he is our treasure, he loves to give his counsel to us. Who wouldn't like a counselor like Jesus Christ? We think of a counselor as, oh, that's something you get when you're bad, when you really messed up and you need help. No, this is the one that comes along and guides us and says, no, we don't want to go that way. This is the way we want to go. When, when our supreme treasure is God, we will enjoy his counsel and instruction. Verse 8, we will experience stability in trials. As long as you live this life, there will be trials. Varying degrees of trials, but there will be trials. There will be some very difficult things that come in life. But when God is your supreme treasure, you will have stability. You will, you'll, be, you'll be able to weather the storms. You'll, you'll have the outriggers on that, that give stability to your vessel. 
You will experience gladness and joy in his security. Verse 9, he says, Because the Lord is always with me, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices and my flesh shall rest in hope. We'll we'll have a genuine gladness and a genuine joy because of the security we have in Christ. I know God is leading me. I know God's grace is sufficient. I know how things end. I know he'll never leave me nor forsake me. And regardless of the storms that come in life, we can experience gladness and joy in his security. And then... Verses 10 and 11 will experience eternal joy and pleasure in his presence. For you will not leave my soul in hell, nor will you suffer your Holy One to see corruption. You will show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Death will not be the end of our relationship with God. Death will not cancel out what we've known and loved about God. God is not the God of the dead. He is the God of the living. And David said, you won't abandon me in death, and you won't let my flesh see corruption. David is sure that God has been there for him, will be there for him, And forever, and all these promises of eternal pleasure are secured by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. In verses 10 is a reference that is quoted by both Peter and Paul in reference to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And both Peter and Paul quote these in the book of Acts, and they cite these verses and assert that these did not find fulfillment in David, in that he died and his body underwent decay, but David wrote prophetically of the son of David, God, son, the Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. And in him we have infinite joy and pleasures are offered to us In Jesus Christ. That's why it says, you see a treasure buried, you find a treasure and you find it buried in a field, you should sell all that you have and go and buy that field for that treasure. The treasure is Jesus Christ. When he becomes our supreme treasure, when we say, you know what? Getting my dream home or my dream career or my dream family or my dream fame or all my fantasies fulfilled, they're not going to satisfy. Only Jesus Christ satisfies because you and I and every human being were made for fellowship with God. And nothing else will satisfy. And so we chase after this pleasure and it doesn't satisfy. Oh man, this will make me happy. And and you get it and it doesn't make you happy. And nothing, nothing, it doesn't matter what you chase after. Look at all the people that have everything they could ever want and still not happy unless you have Jesus Christ. And the psalmist said, in his presence... I will have fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. 
True joy comes from God's presence, not from his presence. And we put that up there so that you can see the difference. True joy isn't what we get from his hand. Oh, God has blessed me. He's given me health. Well, that's good that he's given you health. And we ought to thank him for that. And we ought to thank him for all the blessings that he gives. But is that why you love God? True joy comes from who God is. From knowing God is with me, knowing God is my counselor, knowing God is my help, knowing God is the source of anything good in my life, knowing God gives me stability in the midst of the crisis of life. True joy comes from knowing God. D.L. Moody traveled to California in his travels and was asked to speak in a Sunday school and um he walked into a, the room, and on the board was written, Seek treasures from above, not treasures of this earth. And so he said, as he began teaching, he said, um, What are some treasures that we seek in this earth? And, of course, um, California was founded on the gold rush and everything. Somebody said, well, gold. And, and so he put down gold on this side, and, and um, they comprehended. They understood that and um, asked, what else? And somebody said, oh, houses and, and land. And so they put that those down and... Um, said, what else? And it was an area that was um, heavily invested in horse racing. And somebody said, fast horses. And he said, they understood that. And um, he said, we put that down. And they listed several things. And, and um, he said, now um, let's suppose that we put down a list on this side of heavenly treasures. Um, then they put down Jesus and heaven and river of life, a crown of glory, crown of rejoicing, and, and they filled it up with various things. And um, he said, I want to challenge you to look at the contrast of the heavenly and the earthly. He says, if you truly examine the contrast of this, you cannot but see the superiority of the heavenly compared to the earthly. Everything on the earthly will grow old, will rust, will decay, will die, but everything on the heavenly will be eternal. It turned out that the teacher of the Sunday school class was not a Christian. He had gone to California on the usual hunt for gold. And when he saw Moody put the two columns up there and the excellence of one over the other, he was the first soul that trusted Christ in Moody's ministry in California. Purely because of the comparison. 
seldom do we ever step back and compare. I don't care what treasure you put over here that's earthly. It cannot compare, even in our limited knowledge of the heavenly, it cannot compare in one condition, durability. Nothing on the earthly side will endure. Nothing. But everything on this side will endure. Security comes when you build your life around that which cannot be taken away from you. Jim Elliott, who gave his life as a martyr among the Aka Indians, said, He is no fool who gives that which he cannot keep, earthly treasure, to gain that which he cannot lose, heavenly treasure. What is it that you treasure? David is saying in this psalm, the main point of this psalm is God will bring you, your body and your soul, through life and death to eternal, everlasting pleasure if He is your supreme treasure. And God's heart is broken as He sees His own children rejecting and choosing earthly treasure over eternal treasure. The songwriter said, More love to Thee, O God, more love to Thee. We sang, You are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all, seeking You as a precious jewel. Lord, to give up, I would be a fool. You are my all in all. Why? Taking my sin, my cross, my shame. Rising again, I bless your name. When I fall down, you pick me up. When I am dry, you alone can fill my cup. You are my all in all. Is that really our heart today? My supreme treasure is God. You know what? We get filled with anxiety when our supreme treasures start slipping through our hands. Our supreme treasure is not the United States of America. Our supreme treasure is not living in the Midwest. Our supreme treasure is not even the church body. Our supreme treasure must be Jesus Christ. And only then will we have fullness of joy. Do you know, life is, is basically this. It's a process of God eliminating all these treasures to try to get us to treasure Him. And yet we are bullheaded and stubborn and, and we will treasure, well, no, this will satisfy. And often we're not thinking that. We just blindly go after it. You know, if God is our treasure, you don't have to be told, you better read the Bible. No, He's my treasure. I want to. I long for Him. He's my treasure. That's all I have. And it is all you have. And it is all I have. And it's way, way, way sufficient. Way more than we'll need. In fact, you want fullness of joy? You want genuine pleasure? God isn't against pleasure. He's for pleasure. He says, man, give up. 
Give up that simple pleasure that's going to last for a moment and come enjoy pleasure for all eternity. Pleasure now and for eternity. And David is saying, God will bring your body and your soul through the power and promise of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He will bring you everlasting pleasure when He is your supreme treasure. Heavenly Father, I pray that it would be more than a song that you would be our all in all. Lord, I pray that we would know what it is to leave behind the earthly treasures that so vainly call us and that we would invest our life, our love, our time, our energy in you. Lord, you know our hearts and minds. It's hard for us to even comprehend that there could be pleasure in a relationship with you. We believe so many lies that think all these other things will bring pleasure. But Lord, may we rest in the truth of your word and to know that in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. And that because of your resurrection, we are guaranteed in the promises of you that you are willing and eager to forgive our sins, to give us your counsel, to give us your peace now and eternally. While our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, you're here today and you would say, Pastor, I ask that you would remember me in prayer that I truly would make God my supreme treasure. Would you just slip up your hand that we could remember you in prayer? Amen. Amen. That I would truly make God my supreme treasure. You may put your hands down. You're here today and you'd say, you know, one of the things David said is he is my refuge. He is the one in whom I am trusting. I am not sure I have trusted Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of my sin. I wish you would pray for me. Would you just slip up your hand that we could remember you in prayer? I am not sure. I see that hand. You can put it down. Any others? Heavenly Father, we pray today, first of all, for these that are not sure they have trusted you. I pray today before they leave that they would mention that to someone. That they would call upon you for the forgiveness of sins. Lord, that today they would allow someone to show them from the Bible how they can know they have everlasting life. And then, Lord, I pray for these that you've challenged. I pray that they would really come to see all the glory of you and that we would treasure you supremely. And, Lord, that our life would manifest the pleasure and the joy that you intend for us to have 
And that our life would then be a living example of how wonderful you are. Lord, I pray that you truly would be our all in all. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand.